Welcome to the Hair for Kids! Sit back and relax as we experience life with the Rebbe in 770, stories of Hasidim, and see how the Rebbe continues to find a way to connect to us and help every Yid. The Hair for Kids is dedicated by Rabbi Yitzchok and Chaya Prus in honor of the Rebbe's Mifzah to unite Jewish people of all ages through the letters of the Sefer Torah HaKloli, which can be purchased at unityletter.com. Additionally, Jewish children under Bar and Bas Mitzvah are encouraged to join in the exclusive Children's Sefer Torah at kidstorah.org. This episode has been dedicated by Chabad Labavitch of Connecticut in honor of the Shluchim, Shluchos, and their families. May they merit to give the Rebbe an abundance of nachas and its blessings of material and spiritual prosperity. Zicher, of course. Actually, Rabbi Tzuchana was allowed to be with him, and she followed on later. The story of how she got there is really an incredible one, which I will share with you at a different time by Ezra Sashem. Do we know what happened while he was in Gullus in Chile? Yes, we have many stories of what happened during those years. Some people living in Chile have shared with us those stories. And we have a diary from Rebbe Tzlachana, who wrote in great details the many stages of their Golos. Hmm... Zedi, can you please tell us something about it? Of course! It's very painful to think about, but let me begin by describing the place where they had to live in. They did not have their own house, but instead they rented a room inside someone else's house. The people who owned this house had a young child who would run back and forth through the small area they lived in. The room had no doors and it was damp and muddy and was filled with swarms of mosquitoes. They were extremely poor and they were always uncomfortable as you can imagine they had no privacy at all. It was so bad that on one occasion they hadn't tasted a piece of bread for an entire month. I Yet, despite the terrible suffering and the lack of basic needs, they worked hard in every way they could to help the Yidden there, the Gashmias physically and spiritually. Yes, A.D. In Rebbe Hana's diary, she describes how they celebrated their second Pesach in Golas under those terrible conditions. Do you want me to tell you what she wrote? Yes! Okay, let me begin with an introduction. A Jewish man from Romania was sent away from his home and family by the communist government and was exiled to Chile. In Romania, he was a very rich man. But at the time he met Harav Levi Yitzchak and Rebetz and Chana in Chile, he was very poor and had suffered very much. Rebetz and Chana writes that he was a Talmud Chacham and a Yiras Shemayim. 
He was very careful about eating kosher, which was extremely difficult to do in Chile. Harav Levi Yitzchak and Rebetzin Hana would invite him over every Shabbos and Yantif, and he was their guest for the second Pesach they were in Chile. We'll call him Reb Baruch. Let's go back in time and listen to what Reb Baruch is thinking while exiled in Chile. Oi Hashem, it is so hard to be far from my family. I hope they are okay. I miss them so much. I can't believe I have to spend Pesach without them. But Boch Hashem, I met Rebbe Tzachana and her Heilika husband, Rav Levi Yitzchok. At least I can have a kosher Pesach and discuss words of Torah with him. I am now on my way to join the Seder. Sadly, it is just going to be us. No minion for davening, and there's only one Seder which we'll all have to share. Rabbits and Chana had done her best to get everything ready for the Seder. They had matzah, which she had brought with her. Finding firewood for the oven was very difficult. But eventually, Rabbits and Chana managed to find enough. At the Seder, they ate real marar. Marar? How did they get marar in the middle of nowhere? Actually, Rebetz and Chana writes that Harav Levi Yitzchak spoke with a local man and explained to him what they needed and why they needed it. Baruch Hashem, that man was able to get marar for them. Rebetz and Chana covered the windows really well so that no one standing outside their house would be able to see what was going on inside. Safri Maronon, Borhato Hashem, Kilmachoilam, Beiri Priagofen. The Haggadah was said loud and with lots of discussion. Hey, Lachman, you the whole of a son of Yard Mitzroye. Avodimo, you know the far be Mitzroye, by its yeno Hashem. What is the deeper meaning of the Chochum's question? And why do we answer him about the Afikaimon? Those young Russian troublemakers are here to bother us. But it's Lil Shimurim. We won't pay any attention to them. Through reading Rebbe Tzinchana's own words, we can appreciate the great suffering they had. But at the same time, the great joy they had to be able to serve Hashem in that moment. Thank you, Mommy, for sharing that story with us. I can't imagine being at a Seder like that. Hey, Kinderloch, don't wander too far off into the woods. Patty, look what we found! What is it, Batya? Are they catching frogs? It's a bird eating from a bush that is growing beautiful red berries. Hmm, how interesting. Don't go close to them. Patty, do you think we can eat them? They look so juicy. Well, first of all, it's Pesach and we can't peel them. 
Also, we don't know if it's safe to eat them. I know what we could do with them. What? Make ink like Remton Hanna did. Batya, that's such a clever idea. You should know that for Harav Levi Yitzchak, learning and writing down his Torah thoughts was so important, it was like bread for a hungry person. But the famous story of Rebbe Tzilchana's devotion and Mesiras Nefesh to help Rav Levi Yitzchak with this doesn't start with her making ink. Let me go back to the beginning. On the second day of Nisan, shortly after Rebbe Tzilchana's arrival, Rav Levi Yitzchak woke up feeling weak. However, as this was the Yom Histalkus, the day that the Rebbe Rashab passed away, Rav Levi Yitzchok wanted to honor the day by writing down some ideas in Chassidus. But sadly, there was no paper or ink available. Rabbi Tzinchana was very bothered that her holy husband was not able to write the words of Torah that he wanted to, so she decided to help him in any way she could. Oh, Tati, I know this story so well. My class did a presentation on it. Can I tell it to everyone? Yeah. Great idea! Yes, Batya, please do. Yay! Go, Batya! Okay, Batya, stand up and begin the story. First, Revitan Khan traveled to a nearby city called Kazil Orda, where she was able to buy two notebooks, some powder to make ink, and a small jar to use as an inkwell, which is the container that holds the ink. When they ran out of ink, she managed to buy some more ink and paper. Although they were hard to find and cost a lot of money, she still used whatever money she had to buy the ink and paper for Harav Levi Yitzchak. And now, this is my favorite part. When Rebetzin Chana couldn't get any more ink, she would secretly make her own ink by soaking herbs and berries she gathered in the fields. We tried doing this in school with our Mora, and it wasn't easy at all. Yeah. yeah. Paper was also very hard to find. Harav Levi Yitzchak would write his Torah teachings in the margins of the books that Rabbi Tzinchana brought with her and on the small scraps of paper that she managed to get. My class also saw a picture of those pieces of paper. It's so amazing to see the tiny letters with the different colors of ink because it was made from different color herbs and berries. Well done, Batya. That was so beautifully told. Yay! Batya did such a great job. Maybe she can be one of the voices on Dare Hair for Kids. <laughs> Thank you, Batya, for sharing that with us. You said it so clearly and confidently. Rebetzin Chana once mentioned that writing down the Torah thoughts gave Harav Levi Yitzchak so much pleasure, even more than the bit of bread. She would serve him to take away his hunger. Yes, most of his chidushim and writings never left Russia. The only ones we have today are the ones he wrote down in the Golos in Chile, which later on Rebetzin Chana was able to smuggle them out from there with great Mesiras Nefesh. The Rebbe arranged that these Torah thoughts and lessons should be printed into Sforim and a five-volume set called Lekute Levi Yitzchak and Torah Levi Yitzchak was published. The Rebbe would koch 
meaning he would be very involved in his father's Torah lessons by teaching and explaining them to us at every Shabbos Fabrengen. The Rebbe never had any notes or papers with him when he Fabrengen. However, on a Shabbos Fabrengen, in addition to his Siddur, the Rebbe had only two Sforim next to him on the long table. Does anyone know which two Sforim they were? Uh, hmm, a Chomish? Yes, very good. That was to explain the Rashi Sicha, and the second one was a Lekutei Levi Yitzchak. Wow, so the Rebbe would actually learn it with the Hasidim during one of the Sichas of the Fabrengen? Yes, I remember it well. The Rebbe would open his father's Sefer and begin reading a part of the Zehar and the Chiddush, the new lessons of his father. Then the Rebbe continued analyzing and explaining it. This was part of the Fabrengens that we all knew the Rebbe would teach us. Tati, when is the last time the Rebbe saw his father? Before his chasana. Yes, I heard the story about how Haral Levi Yitzchak and Rebbe Tzinchana had to celebrate the Rebbe and Rebbe Tzinchana Mushka's chasana from their home without being able to be at the actual chasana. The Der Herr for Kids episode about the Rebbe and the Rebbe Tzinchana speaks about this. Yes. Sadly, they could not be there in person. Although they were separated in distance, they still stayed in touch with the Rebbe through many, many letters. One of the more famous letters is the one Rav Levi Yitzhak sent to the Rebbe in honor of his chasana. In that letter, following the style of learning that I told you about earlier, Rav Levi Yitzhak explains the greatness of a chasana and specifically how special the day of the 14th of Kislev is and many other details connected to that special day according to Kabbalah. Did the Rebbe ever get a picture of his father? Good question. Throughout the years, only one photo of a Rav Levi Yitzhak was available to the public. It was taken shortly before the Istalkus of Rav Levi Yitzhak, after suffering all the terrible hardships of the communist exile and jail. When the Rebbe was shown this picture for the first time, he wrote the words Aamurzal with a question mark. Now the words Aamurzal are the Rosh Tevis for his father, Adoneinu Avi Zichreinu Levrocha. But with a question mark, the Rebbe was asking, Is this my father? Do you mean that Harav Lidi looked so different after all his suffering that the Rebbe asked if this was really what he looked like? Yes. Sadly, his face was hardly recognizable. Many, many years later, when the communist government fell, Another picture was discovered, and this one was of Rav Levi Yitzchak shortly after his arrest in Tofresh Tzadik Tess, 1939. In this photo, one can see the picture of a strong, proud, Heilek Tzadik and leader. This is the more famous one. Tati, do we have both of these pictures at home? Yes, we do. Shmuley, please remind me to show you the difference when we get home. Great, thank you. Kinderlach. Yes, 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 ladies. There's one more thing I want to mention about the picture. 
Even though Rav Levi Yitzhak looks very different in the two pictures, there's one thing that is the same. Do you know what that can be? Hmm, I'm not sure. In both pictures, he had a full beard. You might be thinking that of course he does. But this was actually very special and a big mess, a miracle. Because when the communists would arrest Hasidim, one of the first things they did was to cut off their beards, Rahman al-Islam. They didn't want people to look different, and it also made their prisoners feel embarrassed. But Rav Levi Yitzchok refused. Let's go back in time and hear what happened to other Jewish prisoners as they arrived at the Russian communist prison. Okay, next prisoner! Here's your clothing! First your haircut! Now shave your beard! No, please! Leave my beard! I won't shave it! <laughs> you don't have a choice! If you don't want to do it yourself, then we'll gladly help you! <laughs> Ivan, shave his beard! Oh, you'll know! But when it came to Rav Levi Yitzchak's turn... Rabbi Schneerson, it's your turn! Hurry up! Your beard will also be removed, just like everybody else's. <laughs> but Rav Levi Yitzchak responded with these words, You will not remove my beard. Um, of course not, Rabbi. Of course not, Rabbi. So, Harav Leviyasak was able to keep his beard the whole time? Yes, they never bothered him about it. Other prisoners wished for the same thing, but this was something only Harav Leviyasak was able to arrange. That's incredible! Tati, where is Harav Leviyasak's ayah? Let me answer your question by first telling you the story of the days and weeks before his istalkus. As Harav Levi Yitzchak's five-year sentence was nearing its end, he became weak. Nobody knew at the time that he was suffering from a serious illness which was severely affecting him. So close and dear friends decided to help him. Let's go back in time and listen in to that conversation. We need to do all we can to have Rav Levi Yitzchok and Rebetzin Hanam move from Chile to relocate to a better place. Do you have any ideas? Yes, absolutely. We must do something. I think we should offer the government officials as much money as we can and get the papers that he needs. Yes, Hevra, a very good idea. I will give 2300 rubles. How many can you give? Uh, 1000 rubles. 500 rubles. 1200 rubles. Okay, Hevra. Put the money in this can. To 
Together, they collected thousands of rubles, giving most of their wealth to this special cause. After six weeks filled with many challenges, they were finally able to get the release documents. Immediately after Pesach, Rav Levi Yitzchak and Rebbe Tzulchana left Chile and arrived in a city called Alma'ata. In this large city, their living conditions improved somewhat and they worked even harder to help others in need. But through that summer, Rav Levi Yitzchak became even more sick. A young medical student, who had taken a liking to Rav Levi Yitzchak, decided to try and help. Now, let's listen in to what happened next as this young student enters the train station. I'll travel to Leningrad to bring back a doctor for Rav Levi Yitzchak. Where is the ticket booth? Ah, there it is. Good afternoon. I need a train ticket for Leningrad. Here's your ticket. Ah, the train door. <laughs> the student arrives in the Leningrad train station. Now I must go and convince the esteemed doctor and professor to come back with me to take care of Rav Levi Yitzchak. Ah, here's the doctor's office. Who is there? Doctor, please open up. I need your help. Come inside. What are you here for? Well, doctor, it's like this. There is a very holy man living in Almata who is very sick and... After a lot of hard work convincing and offering him some money, the professor agreed to come back to Almata. Together, they arrive in the train station to purchase tickets. Good afternoon. I need two train tickets for Almata. One for me and one for my friend, the Honorable Professor. Okay. In which cabin would you like to travel? A regular one. Here are your tickets. Doctor, I really hope you'll be able to help Rodley Vyitzchok. I'm so happy you were able to join me. It hurts me so much to see the great Tzaddik suffering so much. My friend, I will do my best. It's a long trip, so I'm going to close my eyes now and catch some rest. After arriving in Almata, they both hurried over to Rav Levi Yitzchak's home. Hello, Rebetzin, it's me. 
I have come from Leningrad with a great professor. Doctor, please go inside and check on Horav Levi Yitzchak. Okay. First, I will check the blood pressure. Hmm. Rav Yitzchok told the doctor about all the terrible things he had gone through under the hands of the communists, and then he said these words. What do these people want from me? What did they make out of me? These people really cared for and loved Rav Yitzchok, and they did everything they could to take care of him. Rav Levi Yitzchak responded to their caring and concern in the same way and showed them great dedication and care. In fact, he davened to Hashem for his own healing so that he would be able to continue caring for the special people who were helping him. On Chof of Tov Shindalad 1944, Rav Levi Yitzchak's condition turned even worse and he was not able to speak but he continued to murmur words of Torah and Tehillim. <laughs> that evening, Horav Levi Yitzchak was nostalgic. He had passed away. And that is where the oil is, in Alma'ata, in Kazakhstan, all alone in his place of Golos. The rabbi showed great appreciation for those who took care of his father during his golos and for those who took care of him after the estalkos, like taking care of and watching over the oil. The rabbi felt that these people had helped him with the mitzvah of kibudov that he was not able to do himself. In later years, after Rav Levi Yitzchak was niftar, Hasidim in Russia knew that those who were facing difficulties getting permission from the government to leave Russia, they would make the long trip to Alma'ata to Davin at the Ayel of Harav Levi Yitzchak. Many Hasidim received tremendous brachas visiting his Ayel. Did the rabbi like that Hasidim named their children Levi Yitzchak? I know many people with this name. Yes, of course. And I know you want to hear a story about that. <laughs> Here goes. Let's go back in time to Eretz Yisroel. It is the month of Sivan in the year Tov Shin Yud based, 1952. A Chabad Danash family just had a baby boy. And on the eighth day, the bris was about to begin. Ah, still we will now have Kriyas Hashem. This keyboard is going to Harabre. <laughs> Maybe 
Such a special symbol. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, very nice. A good food as well. Comes on, Lachayim. Let's make a Lachayim. Lachayim, Lachayim. Simple is for everyone. I'm wondering about the name Levi Yitzchok. Who is the baby named after? Ah, they have chosen to name their new baby after the Rebbe's father, the Hemekar of Levi Yitzchok. Very special. You see, Kinderlach, in those early years, it was not as common as it is today for people to be named after the Rebbe's father. The father informed the Rebbe of the name they had given their baby. Listen carefully to what the Rebbe wrote back to them. Hello, I have an international letter. Here you go, it's from Brooklyn. Wow, oh, it's from the Rebbe. Let me prepare myself to read it. I want everybody to listen in. I have just received your letter in which you notify of the birth of your son, Mazeltov, and he was named after my father, the Chreinel of Rocha. May your son live many good years. You hear Rotzein that just as you brought about much pleasure to me by naming your son after my father, so may Hashem grant you pleasure and nachas from your entire household as well as from yourself. Did you hear what I just read? Your father. Mor Hashem, what is chus we have? You see, Kindalach, the Rebbe shared how much pleasure this brings him. Besides for the nachas and appreciation the Rebbe had for those who named their boys Levi Yitzchak, there were other things the Rebbe did in the memory and schus of his father. This included printing svarim, opening up different organizations with his name like Karen Levi Yitzchak, which is a tzedakah fund, and Koilal Teferes Kainim Levi Yitzchak, which is a koilal for seniors to learn and earn some money. Kindelach, who wants to go to the pond and see the ducks? Oh, Me too! Mommy, can I tell a joke about ducks? Yes, Batia, go ahead. Okay, when does a duck get up in the morning? New. At the crack of dawn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a joke. What do you call a clever duck? New. A wise quacker. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, those ducks sound like they're in a choir. I wonder what song they're singing. 
probably something lemonade, like a Ravlevitz Hoxakofisnigen. <laughs> you know, Kinderlach, that gets me thinking. After hearing all the stories of sadness and Mesidas Nefesh, I'd like to end off on a happier note. Rav Levi Yitzchak displayed tremendous simcha, even when things were difficult. Do you know this nigan? It is known as the Rebbe's father's nigan and the Hakofis nigan. Why is it known as his niggin? It's a very lebedic and lively niggin. Rebetz and Chana describe Simchas Torah in Golos. They had no Torah and no guests. It was just Harav Levi Yitzchak and Rebetz and Chana. But this didn't stop Harav Levi Yitzchak from celebrating Simchas Torah with the greatest joy. He held a Tanya, which is Tereshevik Savav Chasidus, together with a Mishnayis, while he said all the Psukim of Akofis. And he danced and danced while singing this niggin in the exact same way he sang it back in Yekaterinus. Wow, I am now imagining that scene. I want to end off with one more story. On a shvuas in the Golos of Chile, Rav Levi Yitzchot gathered everyone in shul and spoke in very simple words. This was a little unusual because usually when a Rav Levi Yitzchot spoke, it was very deep and complicated, especially for children. But on that shvuas, he spoke directly to the children and said that they should be careful with keeping Torah and mitzvahs because they are the future of Klal Yisroel. Ah, so he was teaching the Yiddish Kenderlach that we should realize how important our Avaita is and what an important part we have for all of Klal Yisrael. Yes, indeed. Okay, Kenderlach, you can play for another 10 minutes and then we are heading home. But don't forget to bench before you leave the picnic area. Okay, kids, time to head home. Everyone get into the car. Kindalach, the Rebbe explained many times that his father, Harav Levi Yitzchak, passed away al Kiddush Hashem which means that the reason he passed away was due to the suffering he went through as a leader of Yidden, who proudly and without any fear spread Yiddishkeit. It's very sad that it happened like that. But actually, the Mesiras Nefesh that he had and his dying Al-Kiddush Hashem is a huge schus. Just think about it. The fact that a Yid is ready to literally give up his life for Yiddishkeit is the highest level of Avoida and dedication to Hashem. This is what the Tzaddik Rav Levi Yitzchak did. The Rebbe even once said in a mime that through him having such a tragic death, Al-Kiddush Hashem, he actually was helping all of us Hasidim. Because of his Mesiras Nefesh, 
He gave over to his children, Hasidim and Tamimim, who learn his Torah, all the schusim, the merits, connected with his ultimate Mesiris Nefesh. And we therefore don't need to have any more such Nisyonis or Mesiras Nefesh. But our Avoida is to be willing and ready to do everything that Hashem wants from us, even if it is hard sometimes. This is called Mesiras HaRatzayn, giving up one's will and desires to Hashem. So because of him, we are able to do our Avayda to bring Mashiach without needing to go through such terrible suffering like he did. Yes, and this Avayda should be filled with Simcha and no Gashmias or Ruchnistic concerns, just the ability to do our work. Wow, I was listening to all the stories you told us about his Mesiras Nefesh and realized that it actually affects all of us Hasidim in such a real way. That's incredible! Yes. Now I want to play a sicha that the Rebbe sent to children at a Tzivas Hashem rally on Chai Nisan Tov Shin Mem Gimel. Okay, who can share what you just heard in this sicha? I think I heard the Rebbe telling the story of his father and the mysterious nephew he had, to make sure the matzah would be perfectly kosher. Yes, this is the one we spoke about earlier. This story wasn't well known before it, but at that sicha, the Rebbe publicized it for everyone to hear. Kindelach, do you understand the lesson the Rebbe wants children to learn from it? Um, a little bit. I heard the words Yetzer, meaning Yetzer Hara, and Mesiros Nefesh. But can you explain it to us? Sure. When a Yid stands strong, knowing that he is fulfilling the will of Hashem, that he cannot and will not go against his instructions, nothing will stand in his way. Even a powerful government had to listen to a Yid who stood strong. The Rebbe then said that it is true that not everyone has the strength of his father, but then again, not everyone is faced with a Soviet government. What most people have to face is their own Yetzer. Ah, so when my Yetzer Hara tries to intimidate and convince me that I should not be careful in every part of Torah and Mitzvahs, and that Goyim will look down on me, I should stand strong against it, just like Harav Levi Yitzchak. Exactly. And the Rebbe added that we have to help others stand strong and proud as well. And when Hashem sees us helping each other, He helps us stand strong. He removes everything getting in the way. And by working on freeing ourselves from our own personal gullus of the Yitzhahara, and help others to do the same, we will be Zoycha to the coming of Mashiach. Take a fumayad mamish. Thank you for listening to Deher for Kids. 
Make sure to tell your friends about us and stay tuned for another fascinating episode at thehair.org forward slash kids. 